and it is the NBA trade deadline 2024. Thank you guys for waiting on us. I am live with a good friend and somebody who I love to work with. I am live with John from the Suns Jam Session podcast. John, how you doing, my brother, on NBA trade deadline day? Oh, trade deadline day. <laughs> loving it. Loving it. And I'm loving that the Phoenix Suns are making moves. We'll talk about whether or not they make sense, but they're making moves, and that's what's important right now. We're not just sitting around, hanging out on the sidelines, watching our competitors get better. No, we're, we're trying. We're trying something. So I'm with it. How are you yeah. doing, Suns Geek? Oh, I'm doing great, my brother. I was like a little kid on Christmas, man. I woke up early. I was following all the updates and reports and everything. I had a good cup of coffee this morning out of my little awesome gamer kind of cup right here. Nice. Cool little remote and everything. Still got a little bit of coffee in here. And like I talked to you backstage, got my Powerade and water. I'm hydrated. I'm feeling good, man. And like I talked to you backstage, man, I got Woj's Twitter pulled up, Shams, et cetera, et cetera. We got it all covered. You're drinking an energy drink over there. Yes. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And as you guys can tell, I will be doing a majority of the hosting. I'm giving John a break for once because John is an excellent host. And it looks like you're actually working, John. You actually have a life outside of this yeah. fun stuff. Like, where are you right now? <laughs> I am actually at work right now. I'm on my lunch break, so I'm going to do my best not to, you know, uh, create too much of a distraction with my coworkers walking by or anything. They're like, what's going on in there? It's like live streaming podcast. It's it's sun trade deadline day, so exactly. uh, I don't have to be as emphatic or talk as much. I'm saving that for tonight's post-game podcast after the Suns play the Jazz, so yep. – Make sure to go tune into that. Can't wait. Are we even going to have enough players to you know, like play tonight? We'll, we'll yeah, because the guys we got rid of don't play. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, you guys, we've kept you guys waiting long enough. And again, thank you for waiting on both of us. We are live on both Suns Geek and the Suns Jam Session podcast channels. So absolutely destroy that. So where do I even begin with this, John? The Phoenix Suns have, you know, traded for Royce O'Neal and then a little bit later it was it was uh mentioned that David Roddy David Roddy body whatever you want to call him <laughs> was traded to the Phoenix Suns as well now it's probably going to take a while for me to process the picks that have been traded but from what I'm gathering Yuta Watanabe is going to Memphis so I might have to go to Memphis to check out a Grizzlies game to see him play and I mean who else got traded Kata Bates Diop uh, Chemezi Metsu, John Gambo from Arizona Sports is one of the first people to report that. So, again, man, I just, I guess, what are your initial thoughts? What is your like quick reaction? We can maybe focus on Royce O'Neill first, then we can talk about David Roddy later. Um, was there anybody you were upset that we traded? Any and all thoughts, just let it out, man. Well, I mean, let's start here. The, the four outgoing players were all veteran minimum players with player options for next year. So there is always when a trade happens, some semblance of an emotional connection to players when they're leaving, right? Uh, Yuta Watanabe, unfortunately, is somebody who we all had very, very high hopes for. We were excited when the Suns brought him in this past July, knowing that he had played with Kevin Durant. He was a sharpshooter. He was gonna be a perfect complement to the bench. Just didn't work out that way. Yeah, a uh, lot of lost a lot of confidence in his shot. Was very lost on defense. Lost a lot of playing time. You know, ended up playing a total of just twenty nine games for the Suns this year. He averaged three point six points per game. 
So if I see people in the chat sitting there and be like, well, dude, we're losing Utah. Like, dude, we're losing 3.6 <laughs> points per game in 29 <laughs> games played and 13.2 total minutes played. Keita Bates-Diop makes sense because – Bull Bowl has taken that roster spot from him nice. and has been productive in that roster spots, primarily on the offensive end. Defensively, there's still some opportunities for Bull Bowl, but it looks like the Suns want to continue to give him that opportunity and see what they have there. He has been providing some assistance off the bench that's much needed that Kadebates Diop just wasn't doing. To Metsi Metu, that one kind of hurts because I feel like he was somebody who has provided us a stopgap. Uh, and some small ball five minutes has started at the power forward position. So he he is somebody who I think the Suns are going to miss a little bit. But at the same time, if you look at the totality of who and what he is, he's a player who's in between, right? He's not a he's not really a four, and he's not really a five, and he doesn't really have a defined role, and that's why he hasn't been seen a lot of playing time. Jordan Goodwin is somebody who came on strong at the beginning of the season, uh, defensively minded. But if you look at his on off numbers. He is an amazing player and on both ends of the floor when he plays alongside Devin Booker. But that's not what you need him for. You need him to substitute for Devin Booker when, he, when Booker's not on the floor. And Jordan Goodwin has been on the floor. It hasn't been good minutes for Goodwin. That's why he's been played and relegated to the third team unit. So the four players that you have departing, it's, it's always unfortunate to see guys go, the guys that you might have some, you know, emotional connections to or, or you have that belief in, but it's the right move seen as what you bring in now. David Roddy, don't know much about him, but yeah. I'm a fan of Royce O'Neal. Great yeah. three-point shooter, a perfect 3 and D guy. Length, everything that you need, that you needed Kata Bates-Diop to be, that you needed Chemetsi Metu to be. Now, granted, Royce O'Neal is going to have to come in here and actually live up to that. He's yeah. who's played with Kevin Durant in the past, so he knows how to play off of him uh, when he does get minutes with him. And hopefully he can provide some production that we just haven't seen from the second team unit. So initial reaction, long answer to a short question. Initial reaction, I think these were good moves by the Suns. I honestly do. No, man, that was that was perfect analysis, man, 100%. Well, that's your NBA trade headline show. Have a good I'm day, I'm a Suns fan. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's like pretty much it, man. I mean, I have some kind of extended thoughts on Utah, but we'll talk about Utah later and, and the rest of the guys that are going out. But... Royce O'Neal, man, you, you pretty much summed it up right there. I mean, this is a guy that obviously played with Kevin Durant. I believe it was for a season. Been in the league for a while now. And if I'm getting his numbers correctly here, uh, he's 30 years old. Uh, I think he's averaging 7.4 points per game. Uh, 4.5 rebounds, which is pretty good. 2.8 assists in just under 24 and a half minutes. Uh, now, look, I know the shooting numbers aren't great, but... One of the first thoughts I thought of when I saw that we traded for Royce O'Neal, and maybe I'm overhyping this, maybe I'm overrating this player at this point because I'm a fanboy, but he's going to be out there maybe at times with Grayson Allen. Maybe we'll see him out there with at least two of the big three. So he's he is a threat out there is what I'm trying to say. doesn't matter here's, who he's really out there with. Here's what I like about him, and this is something I've talked about a lot on our on the, uh, the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's really starting to rain out there. <laughs> um, it's the, the skies in Phoenix are crying because Yuta's leaving. Exactly. Uh, the, the challenge that players like Yuta Watanabe and Keita Bates-Diop and Chimetsi Metu have had is when you have one or two of the big three out there, 
right? And then substitution patterns go, you, you sit Booker and now you got Beal and Duran out there and you have one of those role players out there with them. Those guys have deferred way too much this season. They lack the confidence to just shoot the shot. You know? Royce O'Neal's not going to have that issue. Royce O'Neal will shoot the ball. He's a career 38.1% three-point shooter. He's shooting 36.6% uh, this year. Uh, but this year and last year, last year when he played with Kevin Durant, he averages almost six three-pointers a night. And this year he's averaging 5.4, and he's he's come off the bench for 43 of his 49 games. Yeah. So you want somebody who's going to shoot the shot instead of having Durant or Beal or Booker always be the source of, of your offense. And that's why I like that you bring in this veteran who knows who and what he is, who has playoff experience and productive playoff experience at that. I really, I really like bringing him in in this situation for Phoenix. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I did kind of skim over the shooting percentages, but maybe this is just optimistically speaking, maybe those will change. Cause obviously the nets haven't been very good this year and you know, I, I don't recall if Royce O'Neal was starting or not for the Nets. I mean, I'm not really only, sure. Only matters. six games. Yeah, exactly. So he's a shooter. That's all we know. He's going to let him fly. And that's kind of why I brought up the point about he's going to be out there maybe with Grayson Allen or maybe Bradley Beal or whoever. He's going to be out there at least with one of our big three or our core five, if you will. I'm going to start calling them the core five. You know what I mean? And that's kind of my point. He's going to be out there as a threat. He will let them fly. He should let them fly because you said it perfectly. You're like, now he has to come in here and kind of live up to the hype, if you will. But I'm excited for him, man. I mean, this is a guy who I think doesn't or isn't going to solve all of our problems, unfortunately, because this isn't NBA 2K, you know what I mean? But I think he is going to contribute. And if I remember something correctly, I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. This came from Dwayne Rankin earlier uh, when he was kind of reporting on the uh, reporting on the Royce O'Neal stuff. He said an NBA source described Royce O'Neal to AZ Central. I like to call them the Arizona Republic. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but he said a source described Royce O'Neal as somebody, and I quote, who is a great guy, team player, and who is unselfish and a shooter. Then he goes on to talk about the numbers, six foot four, seven, four points per game, 36% shooting in 49 games. And then obviously former teammate with Kevin Durant and everything. Uh, so I'm excited for him, man. And, I've maybe I'm wrong here. I've heard he can contribute on defense, maybe a yes. little bit, which we need. You know, we need that. So two things. One, Basketball Reference has got his information wrong because it says that he's six four, but everywhere else you look, he's six six. Okay, and he and he instantly becomes your best wing defender coming yeah. off the bench instantly. Yeah, like he is a two. He is a three and D guy. Now he's not a lockdown Mikael Bridges type yeah, defender, exactly. and we know what defense quote unquote means in the NBA. To, uh, in this day and age, but he is somebody who is going to give you that aspect of perimeter defense, of yeah. uh, some rebounding as well. Again, I, I I don't know if Suns fans realize like this is a really good deal. You have a bunch of guys, and, and the other thing is they stacked some of these guys, right? So they stacked those four contracts up. Those four contracts put them within 110 percent of the salary of Royce O'Neal, who makes 9.5, 9.4, something like that a, a year. Uh, so they were able to pull that deal off, even with the second apron restrictions that they currently are under. And they've also opened up two more roster spots for yep. buyout market people. Now, there's there's some interesting buyout market people out there, and there's going to be people out there who, you know, you you hear and you're like, oh, no, well, we, we should we should take a shot. Uh, who? who uh, Joe Harris. 
Joe Harris was released by the Pistons. The Pistons yeah, yeah. are fucking releasing everybody. Yeah, I don't know what the Pistons are doing, yeah, man, but they're, they're, at least they're making moves. <laughs> they're making moves. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but uh, like, but, but like Joe Harris makes like nineteen point nine million dollars a year. Yeah. So the Suns don't have a chance at him, even though he's been waived by the Pistons, because they're a second apron team. The Suns can't sign anybody who was making over the twelve point twelve million dollar league average salary. So he's a no go, but. They also waived Daniel House. Yeah, former Phoenix Sun. Former Phoenix Sun. And he's, you know, per Shams and, and Woj, he's somebody who's going to get a lot of attention in the bio market. He was making $4.3 million. Yeah. So if the Suns can go and get a, a Daniel House out of this, and you you essentially go, okay, we had Yuta, Metu, KBD, and Goodwin, and we turned that into Roddy, who, again, I, I still can't speak to, Royce O'Neal, Daniel House, and then potentially somebody else. That's a win. That's that's what you want. The, the Suns are reimagining their bench. Yeah. Why? Because we have one of the worst benches in the NBA. That's why, folks. Yeah, real quick, man. I just want to – oh, wow. Real quick, we got a small trade. Nothing Suns-related. but what uh, we got? Sorry. What we got? Uh, the Spurs are trading Doug McDermott to the Pacers, sources tell ESPN. Just Back to the Pacers, huh? Yeah, exactly. By the way, Doug McDermott is one of my friends in Arizona, Josh's cousin. So, Josh, if you're watching, shout out to you. Pretty crazy, small world. Uh, but anyways, so real quick, I just wanted to touch on David Roddy. Now, look, oh, I don't want to sound like a David Roddy expert at all because I am not. I am far from an expert on David Roddy. Uh, by the way, the Pacers are getting back a second future second-round pick, yeah, per Woj. Anyways, uh, all right, so David Roddy. Now, it's funny because I said Royce O'Neal was six foot four, and then you talked about basketball reference. Basketball reference also has Dave Roddy at six foot four. Now, this is correct. He's two hundred. But what's his position? Pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, forward power. Forward, it's his power want. forward. Power forward. I will say though, I do think I do think David Roddy will surprise us with how strong and physical he is. Of course, he's just win right two point Yeah, exactly. I think that's something the Suns will need. And I remember saying this about certain players we got, you know, during the off season and everything. Like this is going to be a guy. Like Kevin Durant, Booker, Nurkic, they're gonna love him in practice. You know what I mean? Still a young player too, I believe. I could be wrong on this. I believe we got him under contract at least for another year. I, I forgot if that was Gamble yeah, reporting he, on that. He, uh, if I remember correctly, he has a club option next year, but it was exercised, so yeah. we'll get him next year. And then he has a club option the next year, which hasn't been exercised as of yet. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. You know, this could be a potential fan favorite, especially since we just lost four players. And again, deadline's going on for what? Another, is it 12 minutes or whatever? I got 13 minutes. 13, 13 minutes. minutes. So maybe the Suns do something at the buzzer. And I'm sure we'll talk more about deadline buyout or not deadline, excuse me, buyout options and everything. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, David Roddy, man, I feel like this is a guy that could surprise us. And now it's going to, I feel like a lot of these trades take about a day to kind of fully process. So I don't think we're going to see David Roddy and, and uh, Royce no. O'Neal right away. Um, no. Might take a couple of days. They obviously have to fly mm -hmm. to Phoenix. Yeah. We might get them for yeah. the, uh, well, they'd fly to golden state. Cause we play golden state yeah. on Saturday at golden exactly. state. So that's probably where we'll meet up with them. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure Royce O'Neal will probably play first instead of David Roddy. You know what yes. I mean? Hence big, why we traded big for Bonnie him. Roddy is yeah. his name. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun coming up with some drops for him, <laughs> man. 
Quick reminder, everybody, Hulk smash that like button. We are live on both channels, Suns Geek and the Suns Jam. And, uh, John, once again, I do appreciate you doing this with me and just us covering the deadline uh, and and potential buyout market players and everything. Uh, This has been a fun day, man. But, yeah, David Roddy, again, I don't want to sound like an expert here because I am far from that, but I think he might surprise some people. Again, I feel like this is just a guy who's going to bring a lot of physicality, strength, maybe a little bit of defense. Again, this is a guy that can guard on the wing a little bit. I mean, again, he's not going to be guarding like your Kawhis or your uh, Jason Tatum's. You know what I mean? But he's going to be a nice wing sort of defender, if you will. And again, he might be a fan favorite. Uh, but there's obviously guys that are going to be ahead of him, Drew Eubanks and all that. And I'm, I'm still curious if he's six foot four. I doubt that because I, I went to a Grizzlies game this season when Devin Booker dropped 40 on their heads. He looked a lot taller than six foot four, but I don't know. But yeah, I am excited for David Roddy, man. Uh, I know you said you don't know too much about him, but just any any thoughts or anything you've been reading or seeing on him? Like, what do you think, man? Uh, I think he's an end of the rotation kind of guy. I think that, yeah. you know, I don't know how much we'll see him. Yeah. I mean, you have to have 15 players or at least 14, I think, have to dress or, or something like that. And uh, yeah. uh, so I don't know how much we'll see him. I think that he was primarily brought to the Suns in an effort to make the uh, the mechanics of the trade work, I believe, um, pick swaps and things of, of that nature. But, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. We need size. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that. Uh, I just, you know, six foot four, but 200 something pounds, you know, 270 250 something pounds. Yeah, uh, like somebody cool. in the chat yeah. said he's got a seven foot wingspan. So yeah. still definitely, young too. yeah, young guy out of Colorado state. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I, I think it's an, it's an interesting posi- uh, addition, but I think it's an addition that kind of occurs simply out of necessity to make mechanics of a trade happen because it is a three-way deal like you don't want Tanabe's going back to Memphis spent the first two seasons of his career in Memphis and I assume the other three are going to end up with the Brooklyn Nets so the Brooklyn Nets are really really becoming a a uh the the Phoenix Suns of of the Eastern Conference Um, this just in, not Suns related, but the Milwaukee Bucks are trading Robin Lopez, the Sacramento Kings, sources tell ESPN. Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent, and it looks like the Clippers are so, getting Real quick on that. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of former Suns becoming free uh, waived. Yeah. Daniel House got waived today. Yep. Rock and Robin Lopez could be or is, is going to get waived, and then – the Spurs, as you mentioned, had a trade with the Pacers for Doug McDermott. The yep. Pacers will send him back uh, Marcus Morris, and he's going to be waived. So if you were a big fan of the 2015 Suns, uh, all of those guys are on the market now. <laughs> Real quick, because uh, I've seen it in the chat from a few people, like, have the Suns made any trades? I don't know if people are just joining us. By the way, we got 165 people in here, oh, heck yeah. at, least, at least on my end. So make sure to Hulk smash that like button. Let's just go over this real quick. We'll kind of gather our thoughts. Maybe we can talk more about like Yuda and some of the other guys, and then we'll dive into the everything else that's going on. So just real quick, let's just recap. This all comes from Shams. The Brooklyn Nets are finalizing a trade, sending Royce O'Neal to the Phoenix Suns for salaries, second round picks. We kind of went over all of that. Now I just want to just pull this up so everybody can see it. It's on the screen right now. 
Uh, you know, you mentioned like Utah's going to Memphis and everything, but Memphis is sending David Roddy to the Suns for a pick swap as part of the three-way trade with Phoenix and Brooklyn. So pretty much the Suns picked up Royce O'Neal and David Roddy for a whole bunch of picks for Chemezi Metu, Jordan Goodwin, who I kind of have some thoughts on as well. You did Watanabe, Katie Bates, Diop. And, and it, as we've kind of already talked about, like we're going to have to wait and see where some of these other guys go. Maybe some of them get waived and become buyout players or something like that. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because a lot of things are changing. One thing I want to say, this is, this is mainly just NBA trade deadline related is Bobby Marks and Adrian Wojnarowski. Like the other day, they had a 20 minute podcast and I, I caught most of it because they did talk about Phoenix at the end. This is before, you know, the miles bridges stuff got canceled and all that, but pretty much at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say here is at the end of their podcast, they said that, and this was Woj mainly talking about it. They said that this trade deadline, as we've kind of seen, is a lot of like guys from roster spots seven to twelve getting yeah oh, and a whole time. bunch of picks yeah who's cash. the big name who's the biggest name the big name is uh I'm totally blanking out that's how weird of a deadline it's been uh who got traded today I don't even know my brain's fried but you get my point like Patrick Zach Beverly, like like, like, Cam- like Zach Levine for, for, hasn't for been traded King. uh like like Dejounte Murray may not get traded yeah especially Woj, since is, like, Woj said that uh, there will be no. Uh, Dejounte Murray trade. He really yeah, exactly. Him. So the biggest trade, I, to my knowledge, maybe Buddy Heald. and who got traded earlier today? PJ Washington. Yeah, PJ Washington. So you know uh, what? Spencer, Spencer Dinshitty. Woj and and Bobby Marks were right, man. Like this is just one of the, and it's probably honestly all because of the new, uh, you know, CBA and the salary cap and all these new rules and everything. But, but let's be real, we've seen, and we'll dive maybe more into it later. But we've seen a lot of like teams that are lottery bound or rebuilding teams or teams that are sort of in the middle of that retool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of them make moves, but also because you mentioned PJ Washington, we saw like Dallas make some really good moves. We'll talk about Dallas later. I like a lot of what Dallas did. Yeah, me too. Even even like all the way in New York, man, New York looks like they can legit go really far in the Eastern conference. If they stay healthy, shout out to the Knicks, man. But going back to the Suns, that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, the deadline isn't officially over as of yet. Obviously, we got the buyout and everything ready to go. I'll ask but, you this. Yeah. <clears throat> is there anything that you're disappointed with? You know, if, if, no, you. if no more moves are made, Yes. if this is the roster right now, knowing that the Suns have two roster slots open yep. that they can use for buyout guys, is is are you disappointed with anything? Thank you for asking this, because I was going to touch on this. Um, I'm a little disappointed, not like, oh, my gosh, like, why didn't the Suns do this? But I'm a little disappointed, and, and maybe I'm alone on this, because I've seen the the backlash on Twitter and all that. I'm a little disappointed we didn't make a move for Andre Drummond. Call me crazy. I know a lot of you probably might disagree with me on that. But I was really looking forward to Andre Drummond because there was some connections there. I know Gambo shot it down and everything, but there was some other reporting out there that said that Andre Drummond, you know, the Suns were at least looking at him. They were interested in him. And look, I'm not saying Andre Drummond would have solved all of our problems, but he would have solved a, solved a couple of our problems. He probably would have played over Drew Eubanks if they didn't trade him in that trade. So maybe I'm a little disappointed in that, but that's coming from somebody who is a fan of like old school basketball. We're talking like the big 
men of this league, you know, the pioneers and everything, the big rebounding, you know, big men out there, shot blockers. And and look, I don't know if Andre Drummond would have like fit our system, how like Nurkic does, for example. But would Andre Drummond would have helped in the rebounding category? Absolutely. You know how big I am on that. And would he be a veteran in this league who's played for a lot of teams and played for a long time? He's only like 30. You know what I mean? That's weird. He's like 30, 30 something years old, I believe. And it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than that. So I'm a little disappointed in Andre Drummond. But then again, because like, you know, Gambo said no, but like there was other reporting that said the Suns were interested. Maybe the Suns were looking at him, but they weren't like for sure we got a trade for Andre Drummond. That's my little Andre Drummond rant. Um, beyond that, I, I think I'm okay with what happened. You know, it's like, I just wonder this and, and we'll get your thoughts on who you were disappointed or what you were disappointed in. If you have any disappointments, I'll just say this. I wonder if going forward from here on out, if you're not contributing or like playing well and you're out of the rotation, I wonder if Matt Ishbia and James Jones are going to be like, bye. Cause that's, Kind of what we saw. Maybe that's a coincidence because it's the first year of this new roster, new ownership, new coaching staff. You know what I mean? Because Frank Vogel said, like, I believe in this roster. I want to keep a lot of our, or he said, I want to keep all of our guys pretty much. Um, don't really know where I was going with that, but I just wonder if in the future, like say, let's say next trade deadline in 2025, if guys who aren't playing get traded. You know what I mean? So that's my rant. John, uh, anything you're disappointed in, maybe let down? Do you have any disappointments? What do, what do you think, man? So I'll, I'll start by responding to what you just said. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true because there's always going to be somebody who's not playing because you're never playing all 15 guys. So I just think that these were guys that the Suns had higher expectations for relative to productivity, and yeah. they swung and missed on them. You didn't want to did not get what they wanted. Kata Bates, Yop did not get what they wanted. Jordan Goodwin did not get what they wanted. Chmetsi Metsu did not get what they wanted. Those guys, that happens, yeah. those guys were expected to not be the back end of the bench players, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, they were expected to be rotation players, 16 to 20 minutes a, a night at least, and they couldn't do it at least pr- from a productivity standpoint. I talked about it a little bit earlier as to why I think why. When you have three megastars out there and you're playing with one, two, or all three of them at the same time on the court, it's intimidating and you don't play in the con- within the confines of who you are as a player and what got you to this point. You're in constant deferment mode. So you need somebody who has self-confidence like a Royce O'Neal to do that. So that's one thing. The thing that I think I'm most disappointed with, and we are two minutes away, and the only other thing yes. that's have really happened is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be bought out in Toronto, yeah. which doesn't matter to the Suns because he made over eighteen million dollars a year. So we don't, we can't, uh, we can't sign him due to uh, second apron rules. Yeah. So and we Spencer have Dinwiddie's like going to be a Laker, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. James Springer went to the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that the Suns didn't move off Nasir Little. Okay. And and, and here's why. Nasir Little, and who knows, maybe with this, with these roster moves, Nasir Little is going to find himself into the rotation in some way, shape, or form. But the challenge that I have with Nasir Little is one that I kind of voiced uh, at brightsideofthesun.com. If you – if you like to read, uh, we have a lot of great coverage that we do over at Brightside. But he is on year one of a four-year, $28 million contract. So he's making 
million this year, then 6.8 next year, then it's 7.3 the next year, then 7.8 the next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. That's kind of it's it, it's a good stacker contract if you want to make a trade, but it's one of those contracts that's kind of in the middle. And seeing as you have a roster full of veteran minimum guys, that's some you know that's the kind of contract you can take out there and actually get somebody who can contribute. Because right now he's just not contributing. Contributed earlier in the season, hasn't really gotten much of a runway since that run at the beginning of the season. So not really sure why he hasn't. But I was hoping that they move off that contract. It's the one contract we have that I kind of feel is ugly. And I was hoping that you take that, you add a, somebody like a, uh, I don't know, like a like a one of our veteran guys, like a Utah Watanabe, and you can make that happen. Because if, correct me if I'm wrong, but next year it becomes even more stringent under second apron rules. So you can't even stack contracts. Like what the Suns did today, I don't think they can do that next year. Yeah, As a exactly. second apron team, you can't stack contracts. So yep. you can't take in this year little plus you don't want to not be equals enough money to yep. bring in a Royce O'Neal. Like, again, this is an NBA 2K. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't just turn yeah. the sliders off when it when it's not convenient yeah. for you. Yeah. So that's probably my one big disappointment. I, I really wish that they moved off the little contract, not just for the short term, but for the long term as well. Upside guy, I get it. You know, he's, he's 23 years old, but I just would have liked to move off that contract. I think that's fair. I think you had enough great analysis there for me to jump off my little biased fanboy. Cause I was about to say, Oh, well, John, you know, he's still young and he can be a project player. And when he does play, he's pretty good. But like, now that you kind of put it that way, especially with what you were saying about the new CBA and you can't stack contracts anymore, that does make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I will say though, and I don't ha- I could probably pull up his contract right in front of me, but it's it's not the worst contract of all time, but it's not like I, I get why you would want to trade it. Because if I'm reading this correctly, this all comes from Spot Track, by the way. Great mm-hmm. website, so go check that out. I think he's making six point five or six point two million this year. My computer's kind of freezing on me, so I can't pull it up. Yeah, uh, but it's six, for a seven. few years, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, he's not an unrestricted free agent until 2027. He's yeah, on year exactly. one of a 40-year, $28 million deal. So that's and just... he's getting $6.2 million this year, $6.7 million next year, $7.2 million, you know what I mean? Just yeah. keeps going up. So I, I get what you're saying there. You know, It's not the end of the world, but it's just one of those little yeah. kind of roster construction constraints that the Suns are going to be stuck in. Because when, you, when you're a team that's in the second apron – you want to make sure that all your money, especially on your mid-level guys like Grayson Allen, right? Grayson Allen's making eight something a year, yeah. eight, eight million, but he's providing the value. Yeah. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is the other guy, 16 mil a year, but he's providing the value. Nasir Little doesn't play. So, yeah. you know, bringing some guys who will for that money. That's where I'm kind of wondering if, and, you know, obviously a lot of things could happen in the off season, but I'm wondering if like, if maybe James Jones and Matt Ishbia and all them are thinking Nazir Little could be part of us going forward, I don't think it's going to be this season. But if there's ever going to be a time for Nazir Little to you know, prove he's worth staying with us and, and the contract, it should be now. But we may, we may not have a chance to see that because you know we can maybe talk about it here in a minute, but we can start talking about our rotations, how he may not play much, like if at all. You know what I mean? So it's... Mm-hmm. 
Well, he hasn't. I mean, that's yeah, the challenge. Yeah. And the guys that you sent out haven't been playing either. Yuta hasn't been playing. Jordan hasn't been playing. Metu and KBD have seen some minutes here and there. But at the same time, Bull Bull's kind of taking those minutes. So, right. you know, Nasir Little, he'll get a chance. Somebody will get injured. He'll get a chance. But the time is to start providing pro some productivity. You're staying on the team, kid. Let's Let's earn it. So real quick, John, we're past the 30-minute mark here. And, again, I still want to talk about Yuda and a couple other guys real quick. But uh, just friendly reminder, everybody, Hulk smash that like button once again. We're live on both channels, Suns Geek and the Suns Jam, covering the Phoenix Suns NBA trade deadline 2024. Maybe later we'll talk about some of the other trades, but we're specifically here just to talk Suns as the NBA trade deadline has officially ended. The buzzer has sounded we might hear a few more trade details here and there about some of these trades, but I'm pretty sure the Suns are done for the day. They can focus on the buyout market. But before we kind of talk about that, John, I do just kind of want to go over the roster. I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but we can maybe talk about just what we believe the rotation's going to look like. And I mentioned it earlier. You obviously got the, the core five, Grayson Allen, Nurkage, the big three and everything. And then, you know, six-man, Eric Gordon, mm -hmm. yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Josh Kogi, mm -hmm. Bull Bull maybe. Mm -hmm. And then Drew maybe Banks. I'm thinking seven through eight is probably Royce O'Neal, Bull Bull, Drew Eubanks. Royce, Royce O'Neal, if, if you're looking at – if you're ranking them by – uh, by number, if you will, he'd be number seven, yeah. right? I mean, Eric okay. Gordon's number six, Royce O'Neal would be yeah. seven, Drew Eubanks, Drew Eubanks would be number eight, and then Bobo would be number nine. And there's right. your like your nine man rotation. Yeah. Anybody exactly. outside of that, I don't really see provided, you know, David Roddy will get a run in there now yeah. that he's a part of the team. Uh, and Frank little will experiment. He'll experiment. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I was just thinking too. I've been one of Bull Bull's biggest supporter, maybe to a fault. And I was just saying this with Nazir Little, and you were saying it earlier with Royce O'Neal. Bull Bull really needs to prove himself now. I know he's been playing well, and I am cheering for the guy. I am his biggest fanboy. But now he really needs to prove, hey, you guys kept me. I'm going to show why you kept me. And if he really is our eighth, ninth guy or whatever it is, uh, he's going to have to prove it, man. And that's why I'm excited for the guys that we got. You know, this is just more contributors to this team. Even if it is just a David Roddy who might contribute in practice, I think he's going to make our team better. And uh, I'm really excited for the pickups. That's how I'm looking at it anyways. But real quick, because, you know, Monty Williams did this, and every coach does it. Play, They're, they're, they're going to they're experiment. But I think headed into the playoffs, the guys that we mentioned are our core guys you know what i mean oh yeah are, are one to nines if you will you know what i mean so i'm pretty excited for that yeah i think it's a good rotation again health pending i think it's yeah. um you know we still have there's still other teams that are better i mean yeah. Yeah. uh but i think again if you have eric gordon and he's right and you have royce o'neill you're 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 seven your top seven that's a good top seven yeah. And before it was Eric Gordon and you fell off a cliff when it came to talent level, right? Like Bobo, like you said, he's been playing well, but he's been oft injured. Drew Eubanks has been hit and miss and then just, bleh, you know, veteran minimum puke everywhere. And that's <laughs> why the Suns took the, this opportunity to try to fortify their bench. And Royce O'Neal is a really good acquisition for this team. I hope this, I hope that maybe I'm too optimistic. 
Uh, but I hope Suns fans realize like he is your seventh best guy. You have a good quality top seven, and that can get you places in the NBA and in the postseason. Now, granted, the Clippers are playing out of their minds. Uh, the uh, although they lost last night, and that was actually kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I tuned into a little bit of that game. <laughs> yeah, 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 I watched like the whole thing against New Orleans. New Orleans is playing good right they, now. They too. came back in that game too, but Pelicans yeah. showing how good yeah. they are. Yeah, I mean Zion was on one, and when he's on yeah. one, you to watch out. Especially in that fourth quarter, I saw yeah. that. He just possession after possession, he just <laughs> went right at the hole. I was just like, yeah, why that's can't you do that a hundred percent? I'm glad he doesn't. I'm glad he doesn't, especially when he plays the Suns because we still right. have to play them like two or three times. He always plays good once. against the Suns. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> that annoying Zion. Uh, but then you have, you know, the the Nuggets are a well-oiled machine that's just coasting right now, just trying to get to the playoffs, and they can. You know, you get in the last five minutes against that team, and they're going to eviscerate you. They're going to show your championship experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The you Mavericks know. got better, I think. Oh, That's yeah. Maverick, I think they got a lot better. Mavericks, yeah, taking a look around the NBA at some of the trades that happened, you take a look at what the Mavericks ended up doing. Is One, they get rid of uh, Grant Williams, um, yeah. Seth Curry. Yep, yep. Uh, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, who, yeah. So they, so they get – Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. Oh yeah, I, I really like that pickup. Which for is them. which is a good move. I'm big and, on Daniel Gafford. And then they get who is the other one they got? I'm scrolling through a good old. Yeah, there's so many trades. Like that's what that's what PJ Washington. Doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so they, they got like they, a lot of wings and like yes. forwards and you know solid veteran players that will contribute to their already pretty deep team with Luca and Kyrie mm-hmm. and. Yeah. yeah, got rid of Grant Williams, who just wasn't working with yeah. with the Mavs. Seth Curry is a good shooter. I see the Grant Williams thing in theory, but yeah, it just didn't really work out. Yeah, I uh, I just what's interesting about the Mavs is you're constantly, as at least their front office is constantly trying to find the right combination around Luca, and thus far it's proven to just be really really hard because of the very unique skill set that he has and the talent that he possesses and how he dictates a game and you know grant williams is a guy who just didn't mesh well in that situation pj washington that's a guy i really really like i've liked for a lot of years so i think that that's a good signing for them and then daniel gafford just gives them a little bit more athleticism and size on the interior so the mavericks they got better today you mentioned it the knicks the knicks got better today they got alec burks and and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich yep, from Boyan. the Pistons. They give up Evan Fournay's stupid contract, Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, some other guy, and two future round picks. The Knicks fleeced the Pistons. The Pistons had a bad – like, I can't wait to see the grades. Even the grades are bullshit, and we know that. Yeah. Uh, but the Pistons did not do a good job this trade deadline, in my opinion. They just – they suck. We get it. And – that, you know, they, they got a bunch of, I guess, expirings and they're just going to like just completely hit reset, even though they've been in reset mode for like four seasons. So Knicks got good and good for the Knicks. I don't mind the Knicks. This is hard for me to say because I took one of the biggest L's of my entire life about the Detroit Pistons. And this obviously isn't a Detroit Pistons podcast, so we're not going to spend too much time on them. I'll go on a rant later sometime maybe in a future show or maybe later in this show about how bad the Pistons are. But I legit said this offseason, I even have a tweet that, no, I didn't delete it. I kept it up like a man. I said they have a bright future. 
And then they start off like two and one or something <laughs> like that. And we're like, oh, the Pistons are right. they're, they're playing good. And then they lose what thirty in a row or something like that. Twenty eight or something. And uh, now, in all fairness, they were competitive in some of those games, but they still lost. Anyways, they are a complete disaster, and it literally is from top to bottom. You can blame the players. You can blame Monty Williams and everything because the fans always love to blame the coach. Looking mm-hmm. at you, Suns fans, who always blame Frank Vogel for everything. Facts. But uh, it literally is from management. It's like, it was like that Giannis Antetokounmpo quote where he's like, the, 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 the equipment manager needs to be better. You know what I mean? But literally, that, that management is messed up. The team is just, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they just want to clear salaries, but they are, they are a disaster. And they're going to stay a disaster. Like when we say... They're like three to five years away. It's like they're like seven to eight years away from even being contenders, if you will. But anyways, we're not here to talk about the Pistons real quick, John. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this and I don't know if, you know, it's it gets confusing with the reporting and everything. Dwayne Rankin just tweeted out that Yuta, Chemezi Metu are going to Memphis. Okay. Bates Diop, Jordan Goodwin are going to Brooklyn. Okay. So... And, and that's a nice little segue here for me to go on another small rant, if you don't mind, of course. Because I know, I know you're at work and everything. I don't want to take up By all means. Time. All right. I'm going to get into a little bit of my feelings here, if you will. And you you did a good job of breaking down Yuda and kind of your thoughts on that and everything. But and I, I had a small tweet about this. I feel bad for Yuda. I really do, man. Maybe that's the biased fanboy in me. And maybe I feel bad for him because I made a whole video about this not too long ago. He was talking to the media and said, look, I know I've been disappointing fans. He said it was all mental. You know what I mean? He knows he wasn't shooting the three ball well. He knows he wasn't competing on defense. He even said, like, I can be better on defense. You know what I mean? I feel a little bad, man, because, again, I think we were all excited. Oh, man, you would have played with Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant loves him. I'll never forget what Devin Booker said. He said he, he has a t- a t- antennas up when Utah's out there. So you knew these star players believed in Utah. Frank Vogel believed in him and everything up to a, a point, you know, 20 benched him and everything. But I just feel kind of bad. I feel like Utah is honestly a really good dude. I hope it works out wherever he lands. I guess it's Memphis and everything. But that's just my little rant there. Um, he just, I think maybe myself included, overhyped him a little bit too much. And as you know, it's a make or miss league and uh just sucks, man. That's my little Utah rant. Yeah, I mean it's a make or miss league and you gotta make them. And you know, this year he was shooting thirty-two percent from oh, beyond the arc. Feels like he shot like twenty-five percent or something. Yeah, that's uh and you talk about you know the antenna being up. He played a total of hundred and twenty-nine minutes with Kevin Durant uh on the floor. You it's know, dead. and and you know, they had a net rating together of plus 8.4, so it wasn't horrible. But when you're not hitting your shots, when you're not consistently uh, contributing, contributing and doing what you were brought here to do, yeah, you know, you're going to put yourself, especially in this league, given the nature of his contract, you're going to put you're going to put yourself in a situation to where the team is going to explore what options uh, are out there for you, and you know, in, in all that time when they're out there playing together, Yuta Wananabe, uh, he shot 42.8% from beyond the arc when Kevin yeah. Durant was out there, but he just didn't play out there with them a lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with 
the way that Yuta played defense and how he uh, uh, just stand was lost a lot of time. Yeah, he'd stay on the corner on offense yeah. and on defense. Which just, I understand he'd get why lost he stood in rotations, the corner, man. but yeah, it's like you got to move, Yuta. And like you can stay in the corner at times, like Grayson does, but Grayson's always moving and all that. But again, yeah, and, and he missed, and you know it sucks because yeah, we all wanted him to do great. We wanted all these guys to do great. I can't yeah. tell you how excited I was this past July yeah. when the uh, the new season opened and, and all the free agents started pouring in. I'm like, that's a good move. Dude, we were hyped, man. That's a good move. Yeah, that's a good move. And ultimately, you know, like you said, make or miss, and they missed. So, yeah. you know, bringing Royce, like I'm excited for Royce O'Neill. Like I really yeah. am. Like I've been a fan of Royce O'Neill. Um, from afar for a few seasons it was uh, going back when he played in utah and yeah it had that one season god was it the year that we went to the finals i think it was the year we went to the it finals feels like one of those years well, yeah he, he, to he be honest i forgot series. he played for utah to be honest yeah. but now that he's on our team i remember now it probably was one of those early seasons you know he he uh he played really well. I forget somebody got injured and he, he had to step up and he played well. Right. So it's just, it's good to have those kind of players. Um, another thing that just came through from, is that Shams? Uh, Chris Haynes says yeah. PJ Tucker will not request a buyout will remain with the Clippers. So everyone in the chat was saying, pick up PJ, pick up PJ. He ain't coming. So that's another guy where, I, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this on your – it might have been your podcast, to be honest. I was like, look, I love P.J. Tucker. He's one of my all-time favorite Phoenix Suns. I will never change. But he's clearly not playing on the Clippers for a reason, even if it is just injury-related. He's not the player that he once was. Because if he yeah. was, he'd be playing. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, and we got to stop trying to uh, try on our old shoes. Thank you. Thank you, know? you John. <laughs> we've had PJ Tucker. We've had Robin Lopez. We've had Dan. Now Daniel House. I want to be too opposed against because we had a different version of Daniel House. We had very very young Daniel House, and he's yeah. grown into something. When, yep. when he first left, and then he started going other places, and he started playing well. You're like, shit. We had that guy. It's kind of yep. like a. Mm -hmm. uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich down there in, in yeah. Atlanta, who it's like it seems drafted that guy. every time we play him. You wow. know what I mean? We drafted that guy. We didn't hold on to him. Damn yeah. it. You know, Rajon Rondo going all the way back to like oh, the Nash yeah. era. Like we traded Rajon Rondo and Luau Dang. Dude, if we had because Rondo we just didn't in need players. Prime, dude, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> we just would have extended like the Nash era, but like oh, we were just giving away guys at, on draft day <laughs> because we didn't need them, you know, or so we, or so we thought. So, so Danny House is one I'd like to. Maybe put that shoe back on. I would For the be, most part, let yeah. it go. I would be. I would be interested in a Daniel House. I mean, again, he's not going to make like a league shifting, you know, Suns alter like blockbuster move or whatever. Yeah, he he can shoot. He competes. He's long, athletic, and everything. Played with a good Sixers squad and all that, mm -hmm. and uh, a guy that I think would really help contribute. Um, Real quick, just to kind of wrap this up, I don't know if I have too many thoughts, not not to wrap up this podcast or anything, but just to wrap up kind of the guys we sent out. I don't know if I have too many thoughts on Chemezi Metsu. I wasn't too high on him when we first got him. There were times he played very well and proved me wrong. I'm a little, not, not disappointed, not really in my feelings necessarily like I was about Yuta, but Jordan Goodwin, I kind of wish we would have given him like maybe a little bit more of a chance, not because he's a guard, not because he's a point guard and all that, 
mainly just because I liked what I saw for the most part, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive end. And again, old. yeah, he, he competes in, out there, and I'm sure Booker and all them love playing with him, and he just seemed like a good dude. But again, not too in my feelings about that. I get why they moved on. And then Kata Bates-Diop, man, just – I don't know if disappointment is the word. I would kind of just say let down because – Remember when everyone was like, remember, remember when everyone was like, he's our fifth starter. I was like, whoa, like calm down. I was one of them. I was one of them. I thought he could be the fifth starter. I even, I even put out some troll tweets. I was like, this is, this is our fifth starter. You know what I mean? But I'm not trying to like run a victory lap here. I'm just saying I never really was a believer in that, but it's weird, man, because even as of late, there was times when he played and you're like, whoa, Kata Bates-Diop can do that. He can kind of make that like spark play or maybe hit that like corner three that gets us back into the game. But Dish didn't do it consistently. That's the problem was in and out of the rotation. It was just a letdown, man. Do you have any thoughts on any of that that I went over? And then we can kind of maybe shift to this podcast and talk about, you know, the buyout market or whatever else you want to discuss, man. Yeah, I got like 10 minutes until I got to get yeah. back to work. So, uh, sure. no, I think I said what I needed to say on those guys. Uh like them being on the team, wanted yep. them to play hard and play better and Consistent you know, wanted yeah, wanted success for anybody. You know, you don't want anyone to come here and fail. I, I do agree that Jordan Goodwin is probably the one that I think uh I wish we would have given more of a like way to a little bit more. Just a yeah. Tad but bit I mean, more. If you want to stack contracts and get in yeah. a Royce O'Neal, he had to be included. I mean, who it's either him or like a Kogi. And you're yeah. not trading, and, and you're not trading Damian Lee because he's injured. So yeah. I think it's it's ultimately the right move to get what you got in return, who is somebody who will play. Because again, Jordan Goodwin is not playing. We had hopes that he would, uh, but as I mentioned before, his on-off numbers are just bad, and that's just it's just the way it goes with some of yeah. these players. And you know, I think that you know, kudos to James Jones. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say that James didn't sit on his hands. He made some things happen. We talked. We all we all knew a couple things heading into this trade deadline. We knew the Suns didn't have a lot of options. Very limited. Very limited due to the second apron rules. Very limited because they had the majority of their players were veteran minimum deals. They're all new. <laughs> yeah, they're all new. Very, yeah. very limited when it comes to draft picks available to utilize in a trade to sweeten any pot. Because a lot of those are already on other teams, and you can exactly. only trade them so many times and all Precisely. that. Yeah, yeah, there's second round picks, and there's pick swaps, and you can't trade those. And, I mean, there's just, yeah. there's a lot of rules around how you can operate those. And the Suns, they, they've been getting Kevin Durant, Kevin Bradley Beal. They gave up a lot to do so. So there wasn't a lot of paint to utilize to paint the canvas. And James Jones still made something happen that helps this team. And he still has given himself some more options in the buyout market. Now, the buyout market is going to be something interesting. That's for sure. It's not often that you acquire somebody via the buyout market that truly changes the course and direction of your team. They're a buyout market person for a reason. It's very rare. You know, who, who did the Nuggets go and get at the buyout market last year? Nobody that affected their run to the finals. Yeah. Who did the, the the Warriors get the year before, the Bucks the year before that? No one that truly changed the course. Now, that being said, the whole goal for this team is to fortify the fringes of the the uh, the offense, you know, and defense. They're just the yeah. overall roster. You needed to improve the fringes. And that's what they've done is they've improved the fringes. Royce O'Neal is an improvement. Roddy 
We'll see. But if he we'll gives see. you something, that's an improvement. Yep. That's the goal. And so kudos to James Jones for making something happen and and improving the fringes of the roster. It needed to be done. The bench was ass. Like statistically, the bench was ass. And yeah, as Lazy Sasquatch yeah. says in the right chat. Here. This the bottom right line here. is the Phoenix Suns improve their roster. That's all you can ask for. Yep. That's I know it. the people are going to be disappointed that Utah's gone and, and these guys that they believed in. So, and a lot of people, it's because they drew that line in the sand, right? They're like, I'm a Utah guy. Utah's the guy. It's like, <laughs> but, but, but at least you have the wherewithal to understand and, and to change, right? Like, yep. who who was the biggest anti bull bull guy before the season began? You. Me. You. I wrote articles on Brightside. Oh, yeah. And, and, but I'm also somebody who can acknowledge when something yeah. that, I've, that I've stated is wrong, and I can adjust my opinion based on performance. And bull bull has played himself into the rotation and provided great moments, but great basketball as well. There's still a lot of opportunity there. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he's, he's like an all star. He's not starting or anything. No, like, but, no but, but he's a but he's producing. Yeah, consistently exactly. producing. He's giving you something off the bench, and so some people that's that's the hard that, that's what makes this a hard day for them. They were a Utah guy. They were sure that Utah was going to be great. And what have the Suns done? They traded Utah. How dare they? It's like, yeah, they improved the roster because he wasn't good on the roster. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay, folks. It's yeah, exactly. Okay. No, man, that's uh, that's. That's great analysis and everything. And I, I know you got to go here in a few minutes. Uh, just real quick, do you mind if I keep going? Once go as you, long as you want. Like, I because this is obviously on your channel. I don't want to like, care. You know, um, I, I will know. say this before I log out. Uh, yeah, if you're yeah. listening to this podcast another time, because we will be posting this on the Suns Jam Session uh, podcast feed. Uh, hang out some more. Hang out with Suns Geek. It's, he's taking Suns Jam Session takeover. Suns Geek's got it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Just real quick, you know, before we, well, before you wrap things up here, and I know this is a touchy subject because of the criminal history and the controversy history and all that. We don't have to spend too much time on this because obviously it's over with. It was reported really early, kind of in mm -hmm. the morning, mm -hmm. that that Miles Bridges was staying and he apparently apparently the hornets are going to resign maybe later i'll talk about my thoughts on the hornets because i took another l with them by the way uh, that was another team i thought had a bright future but and i guess what i'm trying to ask you here before we kind of wrap things up did you want miles bridges and we don't have to talk about the criminal history and all that that's a from a basketball from, standpoint yeah from a basketball standpoint he's did a you perfect, want miles bridges absolutely he just yeah. scored back-to-back 40-point games for the hornets like yeah. from a basketball standpoint absolutely he'd be amazing on this team he's what that team needs a second team unit needs he can give <laughs> you starting minutes if need be um but at the same time you have to understand the why he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year and the Hornets are the one team that holds his bird rights, which means as an unrestricted free agent, no team can pay him more than what they can pay him. Yeah. They can pay. So if, they, so if the Suns offer him a max contract, they can offer him a max contract plus a kicker because they own his bird rights. So he wants to stay in Charlotte because it's his best opportunity to make some money. Uh, it's a place where the, the organization's already dealt with all the blowback that comes from all of the criminal activities and uh, accusations and whatnot. Everything. Mm -hmm. They've already dealt with that. 
Yeah. And he's, he probably doesn't want to have to go to a new fan base and deal with it all over again. Like his first so, game and everything. Yeah, and, 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 you know, forcing people to stop watching the Suns. Like every person yeah. is like, well, I'm not going to watch the Suns if Miles Bridges comes on. It's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know, right? I get it. You're a good person. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and no, I'm not condoning anything that he's done or allegedly has done. Yeah. But at the same time, like, no, you're not. You're not going to stop watching the Suns. It's exactly. you know you, you don't have to like the move that they made, 100%. but ultimately it's their decision. They're going to do it, and if you're a fan of the team, you're going to support the team. You might not support him, but that's another conversation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just glad that he's not coming here, so we don't have to deal with all the posturing yeah. and, and you know all that fun shit. Yeah, I mean, again, clearly from a basketball standpoint, let's say the criminal history didn't exist, the controversy and all that didn't exist. Hell yeah, I'd want Miles Bridges. We'd probably be having a completely different podcast if that was the case. But I honestly think because of that stuff and because the Hornets are kind of in a weird situation. They're they clearly need talent. Yeah, talent. Like they're clearly building around like LaMelo and Brandon Miller and Mark Williams, who I love Mark Williams, by the way. So at least you got kind of your quote core, but it's not a great core. And they obviously trade Gordon Hayward and all these other guys and that's my little – I just had to get your thoughts on that. I feel like that's something we – not even me and Matthew really talked about much and everything, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So, John, you know, I don't want to kick you off of your own show kick too early. But, you know, yeah, uh, just any any thoughts, any final thoughts? Where can the people find you? You got anything exciting going on? You're going to be live later after the game, yes. I'm assuming? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, the Suns Jazz are tonight, so the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We go live after every single game. Uh, so you can join us on our YouTube channel, or if you like to listen to podcasts, we're on every major podcasting platform there is. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all those fun places. You can follow me at Darth Voida, and you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, where I am the managing editor. Uh, I will be going live again tonight. I'll actually be covering the game for Brightside. So I guess my one ask before I get out of here, Suns Geek, and thank you for doing this. Uh, of course. I know you and I have been excited for about doing this for like a week, so yeah. <laughs> we got it done. Yep. Um, make sure when everything's done that you email me the audio because yeah. I can't download it on my side. I got you, man. I got you. And thank you, John, for you know allowing us to collaborate on both channels again. You know, I, I've been a good part of a lot of your guys' post-game pods, mm-hmm. and I love working with you guys. And yeah, if you're watching from the Suns Geek channel, definitely go check out Suns Jam later because it's going to be interesting to see how many players play tonight and the minutes and everything. So definitely go subscribe to the Suns Jam. Go follow John. And I'll probably go live for like 30 more minutes, 40 more minutes. So do what hang you out. do, man. Do yeah. what you do. I'm going to hijack your show pretty much. Jamsters, so. keep listening. Make <laughs> yep. sure you take good care of the show. All right. Yeah. Have a good day, everybody. All right. Have Suns, a good one, baby. Bro. Yep, go Suns. <laughs> All right, you guys. Wow. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Phoenix Suns made a couple deals. Shout out to my guy, John, man. That was a fun show. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. I got some other things we can talk about here. It's probably going to be more NBA related. I'll try to go for at least 30 more minutes. Um, If you guys got questions, let me know. Obviously, a lot went down today, so I'm gathering all of this information as you guys are. So if you got questions, comments, concerns, uh, let me know. Something you want me to talk about, even if it's not Suns related. Well, obviously we'll keep it basketball related, but let me know. Like I already got one question uh, from Nefarious Matt, uh, Mex. Is Little gone? No, he's not. I mean, John did talk about this. Nazir Little is 
at least here to stay for now. Now, one thing John and I didn't talk about, sort of, there's still the off season. I'm not saying the Suns are going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of Nazir Little this offseason. No, I, I'm not saying that. But there could maybe be something done with Nazir Little and his contract because John and I went over it. He's pretty much making $6 million or whatever next season and this season. And then it's going to be $7 million, uh later. Sorry, I'm just, if you guys see me looking down a lot, it's because I do have my phone right here and I'm literally getting all the updates and everything. Um, so that's why I'll be looking at my phone, but maybe this off season, we're going to have to obviously see, I mean, we're not even close to the playoffs yet. So we'll, this is a conversation for another time, but I'm just saying Nazir Little's on, I guess a pretty big deal contract. Again, it's like 6 million, 7 million for the next few years. Then he's an unrestricted free agent and all that. So we'll see what happens with Nazir Little, but yes, he is still on the team. And even though he's get, probably going to get buried on the bench, I'm still kind of a believer in him, uh, but we'll just have to see. So, all right, you guys. Um, there was a tweet here, and John and I kind of went over this from Zona Hoops. This is somebody who I really love to follow. I gave him a shout-out last night. By the way, if you guys are on Twitter and you want to follow, like, all the Suns community and all the media members and people like me, like Suns content creators and podcasters. I did like a giant thread of like people to follow. And it's not just Suns related. I even tagged like other NBA accounts that you guys should go follow. So follow me on Twitter. But here is what Zona had to say right here. The Suns playoff rotation, obviously the core five, the big three, uh, Grayson and Nurkic. Then he has... Eric Gordon, Royce O'Neal, and then matchup dependent on wild cards. Bull Bull, Josh Okoge, Drew Eubanks, and Nazir Little, plus whatever buyout options they land. I'm close to throwing Bull in as their eighth guy. So, And that's kind of what John and I discussed. Like, if Bull Bull continues to stay consistent, continues to improve, then he should be that eighth or ninth guy, in my personal opinion. Now, you guys have seen it all season. Frank Vogel really does like to experiment, and it really a lot of the, a lot of the roster and the minutes are are going to go around are matchup dependent. You know what I mean? So I think our our team and our playoff rotation, if you will. I guess you could just say our rotation is pretty much set for the most part. You know, maybe every, maybe every once in a while we might see a, a newcomer, David Roddy, that is uh, just got traded. Maybe we'll see him a little bit. Maybe we'll see Nazir Little a little bit here and there. But, like, that's kind of our core nine right there. Obviously, health is a big thing there. Fingers crossed, praying that we literally stay healthy. And we're just going to have to see. But... I'm excited. I think this was a good Phoenix Suns trade deadline. I don't necessarily want to give it a grade right away, um, but uh, pretty excited for what we did. Um, let's get to some comments and questions here. Uh, by the way, the Grizzlies just waived Victor Aladipo. Man, it seems like that guy cannot stay healthy. Remember when he was like in his like quote prime and he was like healthy and everything? All right, let's get to some questions here. Some comments, concerns, and all that. Let's see here. Let's see what I missed. 
So we got to the little one. Uh, the goon says, so when can we trade more people? The trade deadline's over. You can't make any more trades. Everything from here on out is the buyout market. And I think there's only a time limit on that. Like, you can't sign, like, a free agent during the playoffs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. One thing that I don't know if we really went over, um, and I want to make sure I'm reading your name right. Per I, I don't even want to butcher that name. But realistically, anything eye-popping in the buyout market, that's where it gets a little tricky. And I think John and I did cover it a little bit. It's not like we can go sign, like, for example, a Kyle Lowry. Like, we can't do that. Like, it, any of these buyout market guys, the, the salary has to be so low. And that's really just because of the new CBA and how expensive this team is already. Like, yeah, the NBA is super expensive. But it's not like we can go get some of these big buyout market guys that were out there. And it's, I don't know. But if I am gathering everything correctly... I believe we have two roster spots open because let's just go down the list real quick. We got the core five, Royce O'Neal, uh, Eric Gordon, Josh Okogie, David Roddy, Drew Eubanks, Bull Bull, and then Damian Lee. So that's what two roster spots I believe are available, but I'm not too sure. Like I would have to probably pull up a list. Maybe I can hop on Twitter and look at it, but like, I don't know. I, I just don't really know who's really available and if they would fit our team and what we're trying to do here. You know, do you maybe, you know, because obviously I feel like, especially with the Royce O'Neal uh, addition, I feel like we're pretty set on offense for the most part, but do you maybe focus more on defense? Do you maybe go get a backup center somehow, if that's even possible? Maybe a backup point guard. You know, DeAndre Lit, uh, Riddle says, Killian Hayes is the best point guard in the buyout market. Look, y'all, you, you guys might call me crazy here. I would maybe take a flyer on, on Killian Hayes. Now, who knows if that's even possible because we already got guards and everything. We already got our three ball handlers. Or if you want to you know, mention uh, Grayson Allen being a ball handler and everything. I would take a flyer on Killian Hayes. Like, yes, he was a lottery pick. Yes, he's been a bust. Yes, he's been disappointing. Even though there's like some flashes where he plays really good and is <laughs> like Nate Dunn says, that is crazy. Um, there, there are points where he shows flashes of what he can do, but he will like never live up to like that top lottery pick that he once was. Uh, Bismack Biombo, man, I would love me some busy. I would love Bismack Biombo on this team. You know, solid rebounder. I was taught, I was hyping up the Andre Drummond stuff earlier. Solid rebounder. Obviously, can't do much on 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 offense, but already played with guys like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera. He's already been on this team, even though we have a new coaching staff and everything. But I wouldn't mind a Bismack Biombo. Don't know if it's possible. Don't even know if the Suns are looking into him. Um, but I would love me some busy. Let's see what we got here. Again, if you guys want to ask a question, I don't know why I still have my headphones on because there's no guest. Um, if you get well, my ears, ah, the hat and the headphones. Anyways. Um, yeah, like Vision Plasma says, I think I saw a tweet saying Phoenix is ineligible to sign Dinwiddie. Yeah, like that, that's, what, that's what John and I were kind of talking about earlier. Like we can't go do that. Like these bigger names on the buyout market, 
these bigger guys that got released and everything, we we can't go get. You know, it's just due to the CBA and contracts, it is just unfortunately impossible. So all right, guys. Um, maybe if you guys want to, again, get your questions in, get your comments, all that in. Maybe if you guys want to, maybe we can cover a little bit about some of the other moves that were made. But before we do that, I'll I'll, I'll get one question here before we kind of move on to uh, some of the other moves that were made today. Um, ow, my ears hurt. Hey, Sons Geek. What about Otto Porter Jr.? Won a ring a few years back and was great. Yeah, to my knowledge, I think Otto Porter's been dealing with injuries to an extent. But I feel like when he does play, he is really good. He's a nice, long wing player forward, wherever you want to word it, whatever position he is. He's got length, can contribute. I, I do wonder if it is possible if we can get him. Um, now again, I don't know what his salary is. I would have to look it up and everything. I'll, I'll go do that right now. Cause I, I have a website pulled up. Let's see. Auto Porter. Let's see what his contracts looking like. And if that's even feasible, I don't even know if we can go get him. Um, lazy Sasquatch says, uh, says Bismack is available again. I would love Bismack beyond, but that'd be so awesome, man. Let's look up auto Porter just real quick. Oh, great. And the website that I'm looking for doesn't even have it. Cool. So, yeah, I don't know, you guys. We'll have to see on Auto Porter. I feel like we're going to be having a different conversation in like a week or so. Um, OS1 says, can definitely get Auto Porter, makes like $6 million. I think he would contribute. And you know how I was talking about kind of the, our, our playoff rotation, if you will, our rotation going forward? I think Otto Porter could make that cut. I really do. I think he would be maybe our eighth, ninth, 10 guy. But again, like, is that what, is that what the Suns are looking for? Do they want an Otto Porter? You know, maybe we need, maybe, maybe we need more help in the guard position. Maybe we need like a true backup center. Like, I don't know. Cause we did just get David Roddy. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing Denny, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm just going to call him Denny. Denny's always been a fun little target, if you will, for the Suns. But I'm just like, I think it probably would have happened by now. Like, for example, like the TJ McConnells of this world and other guys we've been linked to. I feel like it would have already happened by now if if that was the case. So I don't know. It's I, I see the vision with Otto Porter. And I'm sure that he would be another fan favorite, but I just, I just don't see it. You know, um, Pete makes a good point. We got Azabuki. Yeah, we do. But to my knowledge, he's only on a two-way deal and that does expire at some point. It should be expiring soon. Let's pull his contract up. I'm not even seeing him on the website that, oh, okay, here he is. So, Oh, don't forget, we still got Saban Lee. He's still on a two-way deal, too. So, Azabuki here. It's a non-guaranteed deal. And when when does that, like, expire? Like, it's got to be expiring soon. I know they kind of extended the two-way contracts because it used to be, like, 
If you were on a two-way, you only had like 50 days, not 50 games. You had like 50 days. That has been extended. And he's a big body out there. He's shown some flashes, but like, I don't know. Saban Lee is just kind of Saban Lee. Like, we know what he is. He's just a really fast. I don't even want to call him a point guard. He's just fast combo guard. Can get to the free throw line. Can't really shoot. Competes out there, but I just, I don't know. That's that's where, again, I just really feel like we're not done yet. We have these roster spots open, and eventually these two-way contracts are going to expire. Um, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's see. Let's get some more questions here. Let me take a sip of my water, and we'll kind of continue on. I'll probably go for, like, what? You guys think in 15 more minutes? How about 15 more minutes, and we'll call it a day? Again, if you're watching from the Suns Jam Session side of things, um, John will be live later tonight to recap the Suns Jazz game. We can maybe talk about that in a little bit instead of kind of talking about some other trades. Maybe we can talk about tonight's game because uh, we only have so many bodies available tonight. Um, But let me get to a comment here. Let's see. Vision Plasma says... I think the only reason we kept Eubanks was because we got caught tampering and they too and they too proud to trade trade him after losing a second rounder for him. I don't know. I I feel like I'm a little higher on Drew Eubanks than some other people might be just saying. I feel like he really does help out there. Like yeah, he hasn't been consistent. He's been in and out of the rotation too. But is he a good player to kind of have down the road i think so i mean he sets hard screens he rim rolls he can show flashes of athleticism he can rebound you know he has he hasn't obviously been great but is he good for down the road i think so but yeah it does kind of stink that we did lose the second round pick but as you guys can see this front office this management and ownership doesn't care about picks because if we did, we'd have all of them. And I can't wait to like make a video later. Once all these trades are fully processed and are done by the league office to see what picks we have left. If somebody wants to do that right now, now remember these picks are on the move. If somebody wants to figure that out for me, I'll read the comment. I don't know how many more. And again, what am I even talking about here? It's draft picks. You know what I mean? It's like, even if we draft somebody, are they really going to contribute? Look what happened to Tamari Kamara. Tamani Kamara, excuse me. He played well in summer league and then we traded him. So you guys get what I mean? Are you guys doing okay? How are, How's your guys' day going? Were you excited about the NBA trade deadline? Were you guys kind of let down by this deadline because there was really no major league shifting trades out there. Although again, the Knicks got better. The Mavericks got better. How are you guys doing? Let me know. Um, okay. So I was going to slightly talk about this. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. The Thaddeus young thing. I think that is also passed. Maybe I'm wrong on this. I was somebody that was high on Thaddeus Young, but I was high on him like a couple years ago. 
You know what I mean? Like this was before the Kevin Durant stuff. I think that is, I think that's come and gone. I, I, I'm not saying it's like out of the realm of a possibility, but I just don't see it. You know, I just, I think it would have happened by now. And that's nothing against Thaddeus Young. I've always liked him as a player, but I just don't see it. I think it would have happened already. Um, oh, thank you, Nate. I'm so glad you brought this up. Thank you, Nate. I'm so glad you brought this up. He says, why the hell do they still have games on trade deadline day? Thank you, Nate. I'm so glad you brought that up. You know what? Maybe I sound like an old man, you know, lifting his fist and complaining and all that. Um, I agree with you, man. I, I honestly think, and look, I know the NBA world doesn't revolve around the trade deadline. And I know there's other sports going on and other like events going on. I get it, you know. But I agree with you. Like, why are there games on trade deadline day? And I, I said this when I was last live with John, like it was like a week ago or whatever. And we were talking like late or whatever. And I was like, I was like, everybody loses on trade deadline day because obviously the guys you traded cannot play. They're probably literally packing their bags. And there's a lot of weird lineups and rosters. And you see guys that like are coming off the bench that go off for huge games. Cause obviously you need bodies to fill or you can't play. Uh, I agree, man. Like why are there games on trade deadline day? And speaking of that, let's just look up who's playing tonight. So probably before we get out of here, what we'll, what we'll maybe do is I'll try to answer as many questions as I can, but maybe we'll look at the standings. Maybe we'll kind of touch on tonight's game. And then again, any comments, questions, let me know. We'll go for like 12 more minutes. I know I said that like five minutes ago. We'll try to go an hour and a half. All right. Okay. But yes, Nate, what I'm trying to say here is I wonder if that's something the league is going to look into. Now, look, from like a ratings standpoint, kind of, I get it because, hey, this player just got traded. Oh, let's tune into that game or let's let's walk, turn on the NBA and see what's going on. Like, I get it from that standpoint. But again, like, you, you know, it's, it's just like I said, it's, it's just a weird day. I feel like maybe the NBA, like Adam Silver and, and his team and all that, maybe maybe in the future should lower the amount of games that are being played on trade deadline day, you know? Like tonight, there's Warriors Pacers, Spurs Magic, Cavs Nets, Mavericks Knicks, which, oh man, if those two teams had the players they all just acquired today, that would be an incredible game. But and there's Bulls, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, Bucks. That's actually going to be a pretty good game. Uh, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Lakers, uh, Trailblazers, Pistons. By the way, does Lakers make any moves? I don't think they did. Um, it's a lot of games, man. I'm so glad you brought that up. All right, let's see. Um, <laughs> uh, this deadline sucked, said OS1. It, it was just. This is just a weird year, you know. I don't think going forward, like in 2025, 2026, this is how deadlines will be. 
But this was just a weird year. I will say I'm kind of surprised DeJounte Murray didn't get traded. Um, the, the, the Hawks are just such a weird team. There's so much potential with that Hawks team, but they just haven't lived up to it. I'll be surprised if they make the play in tournament. Like, yeah, I know they made the Eastern conference finals like a couple of years ago, but I just, that team is just so, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season. Let's just say that. Um, Get some more comments here. Lazy Sasquatch says we still have two second round picks. Okay. So again, kind of hence pick swaps because earlier in the season before, before the trade deadline and all that, a lot of people were like, we have no picks. And it's like, that's not technically true. Like we, we technically have future picks that are swaps. So it's like the least favorable, I believe that comes to us. And someone correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think we have a first round pick this year. Again, it's a swap, but still could be wrong on that. I don't know. All right, let's see. <clears throat> CL Oracle, and John and I kind of touched on this earlier, says, will our new guys play in the Warriors game? Now, real quick, I'm pulling up the schedule here. The Warriors game is Saturday. Remember, you guys. These trades still have to go through the league office to get approved, which doesn't take too long. Then they have to do like their physicals and their medical stuff. That doesn't take too long either. I assume it's possible, but kind of like I said earlier, I feel like Royce O'Neal is going to play first if he's even available for, you know, the, uh, the, the, the game against the Warriors. We'll see. That's a good question, CL Oracle. Um, okay, let's see. Rumors of Jocelyn Dell being bought out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He he got signed to a huge deal, so I don't know. I don't know if that's. I don't know how that's going to work. Um. Yeah, Nate says there's like two games today not affected by trades. Exactly. Like that's why I think they should just. Keep it to like two or three games max next year on trade deadline day. You know what I mean? Um, okay, let's see. Yeah, L L Boogie says, yes, we also got two second round picks. We got moves in our back pocket. Exactly. And look, you guys, this is a conversation for another time. Obviously, how do, how do I say this? Um Obviously, there are some really, really good teams in the Western Conference, and some of these teams got better today. Like, for example, the Dallas Mavericks got a lot better today, in my personal opinion. But I feel like this is one of those seasons, and maybe I'll be eating my own words later. I'll be eating crow later, or however you guys want to put it. I feel like this is one of those seasons where it's literally, literally anybody's championship to win and i know you could say that like about a lot of seasons but this season has just been so weird like look what happened yesterday the clippers who have been playing great as of late and they are going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs the clippers were the one seed for like less than 24 hours you know what i mean that's how loaded the western conference is it is so loaded that the clippers were the one seed for like Less than 24 hours. 
So it is going to be a roller coaster from here on out. And as a biased fanboy, Suns fan who has been watching this team and has been a Suns fan for as long as I can remember. But on top of that, as somebody who does these videos and these podcasts and all that, it's like, yeah, I believe in my Phoenix Suns team. I believe we can win. There was a comment earlier that said, at the end of the day, the Phoenix Suns got better. I believe we can win, but like, it is just such a wild card of a championship race. Like, like just last night, we didn't think the Knicks, who did really good today, by the way, in terms of their trade deadline, we didn't think the Knicks could probably be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? And they, they had been playing, playing pretty good. Uh, but their moves they made today, they're going to be really damn good. But you get my point. Uh, don't really know where I was going with all that. But uh, let's speaking of that, let's look at the standings. And obviously, this might change. Uh, not and excuse me, I take that back. It is going to change because uh, a lot of roster moves were made today. Teams might already just be saying, you know what, our season's done. We made our moves. We're just going to tank and either you know rebuild during the off season or just kind of see what we have for the rest of the season. And uh, but still, let's just look at the the standings, and then we'll maybe touch on tonight's game versus the Jazz. It's going to be a weird game tonight. Don't take tonight's game too seriously because last time I checked and I'm sure we're going to find out soon. Uh, I think Booker was questionable. Bradley Beal was questionable. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but tonight's game is going to be weird. Don't really take it too seriously. I would kind of just maybe keep eyes on like the bowl bowls, for example, and, and the Eric Gordon's and the, you know, uh, other guys, if you will keep an eye on them, but tonight's going to be a weird game. Because again, trade deadline, everybody plays bad and and a lot of teams lose. You know what I mean? It's just a weird, weird day. I'm sharing my screen right now. And we're going to look at the standings. We won't talk about every single team because we're going to wrap up this this podcast and show here. But uh, let's just, I got to share my screen here. Uh, What is going on in my life? There we go. Okay, let's see. Um. Yeah, so Eastern Conference. By the way, even with injuries, Cleveland has been playing incredible lately. Look at that. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, and they've won seven straight, and they've only lost 16 games. And that was with big injuries to you know Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. You know what I mean? So... Shout out to them. Boston's obviously really good. The Bucks are good. The Knicks are probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? They're going to be a tough out. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, by the way. Real quick, Philadelphia 76ers. They made some moves today. They got Buddy Heald. And who else did they get? They got somebody else, too. But um, they're going to need... Ooh, they got Cameron Payne. Former Phoenix Sun Cameron Payne got traded to the Sixers for Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, by the way. Um, obviously their season all depends on if Joel Embiid comes back and is fully healthy and everything. We all know that. Um, and by the way, he was probably not, not probably he was like the MVP 
for the most part, uh, before he went down with this injury, he, he was playing at an elite level. And I hope he does come back. I, I hate to see players be lost for the season with injuries and everything. I hope he comes back and returns to the old Joel Embiid that was. But my point being is they they need as much help as they can get right now. They really do. And I think Buddy Heald will help them with that. And I think campaign will be a contributor there. And I feel like they made another move that I'm forgetting about. But yeah, they're gonna need they're gonna need all the help they can get. And look, Tyrese Maxey is an incredible player. He's an all-star for a reason. He deserves it. I really love Tyrese Maxey. But if Joel Embiid is gone for their season, you know what I mean? Or if he does come back and he's not fully there, uh, they're pretty much screwed. By the way, if you want great Sixers coverage, like all things Sixers, you want to know what's going on with that team, follow my guys, Romp, uh, Running Back Philly, Philly Take with RB, Sean Bernard, all those guys. They're great guys and everything. Um, Go follow them for all that. The Pacers, you know, they have a bright future. I don't know that if they're necessarily contenders because that's like a strong term, but they they are a good team. Uh, I'm really I'm really cheering for the Orlando Magic. That's another team that has a bright future. The Miami Heat, you know, it, it's starting to be, start, starting to become a cliche where like the Heat are what they are during the regular season, and then you know they might be like a threat in the playoffs. Maybe they get it going and turn it on in the playoffs guys we're about an hour and a half in i need a sip of this power because my voice is starting to go let me take a sip of this let me regather my thoughts here we'll talk a little bit more about the standings dive quickly into the sun's jazz game then we'll kind of wrap things up so let me take a sip here delicious All right, y'all. <clears throat> I know I saw I, bleh, bleh. I know I said I was gonna end the podcast like 20 minutes ago, but we're still going. So yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm cheering for teams like the Pacers. I, I really love the magic have done this season. Even though they're the eighth seed, they are a really good team. Remember, remember that night when we played them and they absolutely dominated us in the fourth quarter? Like that just shows what they can be. And they obviously have a lot of young rising stars on their team, like Paula Bancaro, who's an all-star. He definitely deserves that, by the way. And uh, they got a good team. The Bulls are the Bulls. They didn't trade Zach Levine. I don't want to talk about the Bulls. Anyways, that, that's the rest of the, the standings in the East. Pistons are done. Wizards are a... The, the the Wizards are in year one of a very, very long rebuild. Blaze Megatron says, good morning from Australia, Suns Geek. Go Suns. Appreciate you being here, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, Cody Kid says, you mean we blew it in the fourth quarter? Yeah, go back and watch that game. They absolutely locked us down. It was a combination of us blowing that fourth quarter and them just absolutely killing us with their size and length. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, Western Conference standings. Then we'll then we'll kind of wrap this up. OKC is really good. The Timberwolves are really good. The Nuggets, you know, they're obviously the defending champions, and maybe they turn it on late into the season. Maybe they turn it on right when the playoffs start, 
and all of a sudden they're in the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers are really, really good. And James Harden, whether you love or hate James Harden, he was right. You know, there's that meme that I share a lot where he said, when we figure this out, you know, we're going to be scary. That's, that's, uh, he, he was absolutely right. And that's why the Clippers are really damn good. Um, Pelicans are good. Kings are good. There's the Western conference is loaded. You know, Dallas, you know, like I said, they got better today and they're the eighth seed. And again, that's what I was saying earlier. The Clippers were the, the first seed for like a minute. And then one loss dropped them all the way to four. Like this Western conference is so loaded. We need to win as many games possible. Not that I'm scared, like we'll miss the playoffs, but like we want to be in that right seed and we want to be clicking on all cylinders. You know what I mean? And we want to have that consistency and that chemistry right before the playoffs start. You know what I mean? And we're going to need, we're going to need everybody. We're going to need our big three to play like the big three that they are. We're going to need Booker and KD to truly go up another level in the playoffs. We're going to need guys like Eric Gordon, Royce O'Neal, uh, Josh Akogi, et cetera, to play extremely well in the playoffs. And that's an understatement. This Western Conference is so loaded. It's nuts, man. Like, I don't know. And the play-in tournament makes it more interesting, if you will, because the, the, the Warriors have had a pretty bad season, you know, and I'm surprised. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them in this offseason, but it's like maybe they could sneak in there. It's like there's so many good teams. It's just the West is loaded. So <clears throat> let me just go over the chat and then we'll kind of wrap the things up. I don't know if I have too many thoughts on tonight's uh, game, if you will. It's just going to be a weird game. Like I said, let me just confirm real quick before we get out of here. I'm going to check from, let's see, let's go to like Dwayne Rankin, for example. I think Gerald Bourget of PHNX might have reported something earlier, but let's just make sure. Give me a second here, guys. I know Brett. Okay. Suns Jazz injury report. This was like 20 hours ago. Bradley Beal has a right ankle sprain and he's questionable. Damian Lee still out, but I thought I saw something on Booker too. By the way, the Jazz uh, doesn't look like any of their big pieces are out necessarily. So they'll have like Lowry Markinen, for example. Let me see on Booker's status for tonight. Sorry, guys. Give me a second here. Lots of tweets. Yeah, Devin Booker is a late addition to tonight's injury with left hip soreness. He's questionable. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a weird game. We need to win as many games as we possibly can. And uh, I'm excited to see the new guys. I really am. I'm, uh, I think Royce O'Neal is going to contribute 
I think he's going to be pretty good. I'm excited to see what David Roddy can do. Are these guys going to solve all of our problems? No. Did the Suns improve today? Absolutely. Is it going to be a roller coaster of a second half of the season? Absolutely. Do we need to win as many games as possible? Absolutely. Do we need to stay healthy? Absolutely. Um, I'm excited. Get ready, you guys. It's going to be fun. Um, real quick, um, just so you guys know, because I, I like to talk about this stuff, and I promise we'll, we'll wrap this up here in a second. All-Star Weekend is coming up soon. It's February 16th. Just so you guys know, for what it's worth, because I, I like to look into the, I like to talk about this stuff. So we play, obviously, tonight. Then we're off tomorrow, Friday, which is fe- Friday, February 9th. Then we play the Warriors uh, on Saturday at Golden State. Then we got two days off. Then we play the Kings and uh, Pistons back-to-back at home. Let me, re- let me repeat that. We got two days off. Then we play the Kings, Pistons, back-to-back um, at home. Right? Because we just had that long road trip, right? So after that, besides Booker and KD, the Suns get like 10 days off. You know what I mean? So they're going to have time to obviously rest, go on vacation, practice, whatever they want to do, right? Recharge their bodies, like Grayson Allen just did, by the way. Just so you guys know, I already made a video about it. Grayson Allen, not in the three point contest. I believe he did get invited, but uh, he just declined it. Uh, wants to spend time with his wife and talk and do the stuff I just mentioned. You know, rest, recharge, practice, all that stuff. Um, he deserves it though. But uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited that the Suns have that much time off. And like, yeah, Booker and KD are in the All Star game, but they're gonna have days off too. So shout out to them. Uh, just wanted to go over that real quick. It's good that we have that time off. And then you know we have a we have a back to back on the road to start the the second half of the season, but then we're off four out of like five six days. We have four days off and we only play like two games, so we have time to rest and recharge and practice, if you will, um, before the the second half of the season starts and all that. And uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, can't wait. So that's pretty much it, you guys. I I think I'm I think I'm done here. We we've gone longer than we expected. At least I did, and I've been up early because I I was up early tracking all of this stuff, and the trade deadline stuff kind of started earlier. It um, you know, it, it really all kind of started with the Miles Bridges stuff, and uh, yeah. So I think that's it, you guys. Um. I appreciate you tuning in, whether you were watching on the Suns Jam Session podcast or whether you're watching on the Suns Geek channel or whether you're listening to the audio version of this later. And if you made it this far, you are all real ones. We have like 168 people in here, and I do appreciate it. Um, Today was a good day for the Phoenix Suns. Today was a good day for the Phoenix Suns, you guys. So I love you all. Do me a huge favor. If you're a part of the Suns Jam Session podcast, and you want to subscribe to my channel, I highly encourage it. I am uploading so many videos and YouTube shorts all the time. 
I'm always keeping track of everything Phoenix Suns. If it has to deal with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to make a video about it. So do me a huge favor and subscribe. And if you are, if you're watching on the Suns Geek side of things and you want to check out the Suns Jam Session podcast, I highly recommend them. They are incredible guys. John and Matthew do a great job. They're live after every uh, Suns post game and I'm on their show a lot as well. So uh, that's pretty much it. I'm out of here, you guys. God bless you guys. Stay safe. Peace out. I love you guys. And as John and Matt always say, uh, go home and love your families. Win or lose Phoenix Suns for life and go Suns. Peace. Peace.